for people, especially with depression, anxiety. And then there's, you know, there's more targeted interventions as we do assessment and we uncover uh, issues here or there. We, we target those physical detox and gut bacteria imbalances and the immune system, chronic inflammation, all that stuff. So, you know, we start with the basic sleep diet exercise and then dig in from there and then, you know, kind of put people back together with medication as needed. Welcome to the Miracle Plant Podcast, the show that inspires, promotes, and gives you a daily dose of inspiration from the people who have used cannabis to change their lives in extraordinary ways. Here's your host, Justin Benton. Welcome back to the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant with so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. Well, I'm Justin Benton, the owner and founder of the Miracle Plant Podcast, and we are having another great conversation with another healer on the journey. I also want to, his name is Justin Bethany, but I also want to welcome back my mom, Janet Van Gaylord, and someone who hasn't been around in a while, but we're happy to have her back, Latara Parker as well. Welcome, Janet, Justin, Latara. How is everybody doing this fine day? Always excited to get together and learn new information. Yeah. Can you hear me? We can. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I had sent the message in the text right quick. I'm getting ready to log in for work, but I am so happy to be here. Um, so happy to listen in with um, you guys and Justin. And um, I am here. I'm ready for this. This is a very interesting topic. <laughs> uh, great. I'm, I'm excited to be here, too. This is Justin. All right. So let's let's dive into it a little bit. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about your journey, Justin. Tell us about how you got into the practice that you're in and uh, helping people with their mindset and take control of their health. Yeah, great. Uh, so I'm a nurse practitioner uh, in Oregon. Also have a license in California and been practicing about 10 years. Midway through nursing school on my way to becoming a, a psychiatric nurse practitioner, I discovered functional medicine through various blogs. Um, I was always into uh, plants. I had a herb garden when I was a kid and was always making myself green tea. So I just always had an interest in that. And then halfway through my conventional medicine type training, I discovered functional medicine and um, just kind of kept on it, kept learning the integrative side of things. At the same time, I was learning conventional side of things. So I always had this angle. And then I got into practice. And in practice, there's definitely the medical model and algorithms and you follow that. And then I found the integrative and functional medicine stuff really fit in between the wedges and, and help get better outcomes for people and help my patients use less lower doses of meds or maybe avoid meds or get off meds. So it's been uh, been great to kind of give people more holistic care over the past 10 years. And then uh, in 2020, I published self-published a book entitled The Mental Wellness Diet. And uh, we can talk more about that. Let's do it. Well, my mom's also on here, Jenna Benton-Gaylord, who's an uh, integrative nutritionist, as well as a holistic healer. And uh, I have a funny feeling you're going to learn a two or thing about this raw miracle plant uh, juiced in the raw CBDA acidic form. But uh, let's hear more about uh, the book. Great. Uh, the subtitle of the book is Ancient Wisdom, Evolving Science, Modern Day Options. It's all about trying to get the fit again. You know, uh, our modern day life isn't the best fit for our genetics and our evolution. 
as a species. So, you know, there's so much missing. We, we could all name a few. You know, there's things that don't really belong, like um, our cell phones, our, our social media, our, our busy schedules, uh, commutes, pollution, all those kinds of things. And then there's a lot that's missing. Uh, stronger communities, m more time for eating food, like actually how many minutes you spend eating, the extended families, uh, more physical movement and challenges in life. And so the book's all about trying to stitch together the past with the present. That sounds um, very nice, very nice. Well, I'll-, I'll Great. Uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, you guys talk. I'm, I'm sure my mom has a question or a comment because you guys are on the same path. Okay. Uh, no, I just thought it was really nice. Uh, just, hey, so many people aren't aware of our genetics and how we don't change quickly. I deal with that all the time, where people think you can suddenly have a totally different diet or a totally different way of life, and somehow our body is going to adapt to that quickly. And our bodies evolve, but very slowly. And so I, that's a huge issue I come across all the time with all the change and and things like food, but also when medication, not a big fan, by the way, and just expecting our bodies somehow to adapt and adjust. So I think that's just an excellent point that's never mentioned often enough. Yeah, I, th I think a great example would be insulin and our body's mechanisms to store calories for later. Uh, you would want to have a mechanism to store calories for later when winter's coming, when there's periods of famine. And that's, you know, very common for how we evolved you know, centuries ago, uh, that doesn't exist anymore. So, but that mechanism within us with insulin and, and other signaling molecules still exist, but we never provide our body with the in environmental stimulus um, for, to, for it to match in that way. So that would be, you know, insulin is a great example of the genes that we have, that we evolved ha to have and currently have, aren't quite a fit for our modern day lives. And there's no way any genetic evolution could ever match with the fast pace of how our life's changed just in my lifetime from growing up on a farm and growing our own food and we didn't even call it organic we just used manure for fertilizer and those sorts of things and then now we're everything i'm not sure any of it's food anymore or the majority of what most people eat all the hyper processed and full of pesticide type things so yeah there's no way to me our bodies and it's showing up in our ill health and our obesity so obesity, one of my current things uh, to focus on, massive issue in America that's not well addressed. So I assume you work with, work in that area in terms of um, adjust, helping people adjust what they're eating and things like that for that issue. Yeah, I try my best. Not every patient who comes to me has read the book or has come to this understanding or it even believes or is maybe they believe but they're not quite ready to change so i take everybody and i work with them as they're ready whatever they're ready for we kind of i give them the information and and challenge them to make some changes that could be really helpful um i, I think um just the knowledge itself is really helpful and so a lot of what i do more than uh treatment with these interventions is just education just highlighting and, and people are learning so much nowadays through social media and blogs and the internet. And there's a lot more of this information out there. So, you know, actually I've noticed a lot of my patients are much more informed these days, which allows us to have greater in-depth patient education on the instruction manual we all need to manage our, our mind and our body. What are some of the main reasons people come to you? 
Yeah, my practice is mental health. So anybody could come to me. Uh, the most common diagnosis that walked through my door, children and adults, ADHD, anxiety, depression would be the top three diagnosis that I typically see. Do we have a solution for you? No, <laughs> uh, no, that, that's fascinating. Uh, kind of related to more neurological type issues. Um, I was expecting things, like you say, like being overweight or some kind of a, a physical illness or something. Yeah, I, my scope is a little bit limited per um, state and federal laws and regulations. Um, I'm there to treat mental health, but you got to treat the whole person and the whole body and the whole mind for any illness. So, you know, we, we take a holistic approach here. Well, from your lips to God's ears about <laughs> treating the whole body in the holistic approach, because in modern uh, Western medicine right now, uh, I would argue that is not the case. That is not going on when you go and meet with your uh, family physician, if you will. And uh, when there's, a, and especially when there's some type of issue. So I, I think, you know, I, I'm sure you could speak to this. I, I'm, you know, talk about a softball question, but uh, obviously when something happened in early of 2020, uh, the spike in um, just mental health and stress and anxiety and how to handle uh, this uh, incredible challenge that we uh, found ourselves in as a whole world um, tried to grapple with, um, you know, the virus and the shutdowns and the travel restrictions and people not being able to physically be around each other, uh, social animals. Uh, how was that for you? Obviously, your book just came out, but mm. was there a huge you know, spike and uh, in, in stress and anxiety and, and coping. Oh, yeah, totally. And then the, the statistics out there show that the rates of suicide and rates of depression are, are going up. Um, yeah, I, di I didn't stop working, you know, at all, really. Uh, I didn't even take one day off. Uh, we have the opportunity for telemedicine. And so everything was just really quickly switched to telemedicine back in March of 2020. And yeah, we didn't skip a beat um, and business was busier than ever. Uh, I think it's, it's really interesting, um, the things we take for granted, we only are aware of once we lose it. And that's socializing. A lot of my teenage clients now will talk about they felt like being home, it's, you know, uh, can't go to school, can't see anybody, it's online homework, the homework's kind of watered down. There's no challenge. There's no interaction. You feel lonely. Some of, some of them say they, they lost social skills, which, which is pretty interesting for them to have the awareness of the, their level of social skills and then feeling like they, they declined in their ability to socialize. And uh, I think we're seeing how destructive that can be for, for humans. I think that's and, really important, and especially for teenagers who are determining their social skills and where they fit in their teen community and things like that, and especially a more anxious child uh, than not having that practice and developing confidence in themselves. That seems to me like a horrible recipe for a really badly developed child with increased anxiety and problems. Yeah, well, we've all baked a cake that didn't come out well. And, you know, like that was the experience over the last three years for our society and the world, maybe. Absolutely. Uh, I had a quick question too. So when you're working in this mental health area and you mentioned there is like anxiety and ADHD, what are your typical recommendations or solutions that you, you use most often? Well, it's tailored to uh, every patient comes in with their own belief set. And so uh, as a provider, I have to live within that, that world of their belief set. 
And then I try to nudge and encourage them to, you know, towards that holistic treatment plan. So some people will start off with medications. Uh, sometimes that's actually helpful because of how urgent, you know, most people don't call me until the 11th hour. It's, that's just kind of part of human nature. You know, these, these problems kind of fester for a while. Nobody really calls when they're just beginning to feel depressed or just had a few panic attacks. Usually it gets to a really critical point. So, you know, we need a, a more urgent, stronger intervention. But for anxiety and depression, you know, we cover sleep. Sleep's really important. We cover blood sugar uh, balance. So getting the blood sugar in, in, a, uh, in the optimal range for as much as possible throughout the day, that actually really helps people with anxiety and sleep and depression. Uh, exercise is another one, stress and uh, stress management, whatever they like, could be meditation, could be vacationing, could be, you know, whatever's, you know, for them that actually works to reduce the stress for a period of time. And then we do cover, I do cover with people some meaning and purpose. You know, I think that's important for people, especially with depression, anxiety. And then there's, you know, there's more targeted interventions as we do assessment and we uncover uh, issues here or there. We, we target those physical detox and gut bacteria imbalances and the immune system, chronic inflammation, all that stuff. So, you know, we start with the basic sleep diet exercise and then dig in from there and then, you know, kind of put people back together with medication as needed. How much do you focus on like diet? I assume that's part of it. Yeah, again, well, I'd, I'd put diet right behind religion and politics for trying to get people to <laughs> change. So I do, I do focus on diet and people will ask me, uh, it's interesting, you know, people will ask the question in a certain way I find, like which food uh, or which foods plural. Um, and that is true that there are certain foods and I know you guys have an edible food that you're interested in that can be really powerful, but a diet is a larger thing than it, it tends not to be just, all you have to do is eat tomatoes for the lycopene and you'll never get any illness. That wouldn't work. You can't just eat tomatoes. Although tomatoes and the lycopene are very powerful. It's, it's about a diet. And so it's more about shopping than eating in a way. It's more about selecting and choosing and uh, creating a diet that overall may have a little sugar here or a little trans fat there, but overall it's giving you the, the nutrients that your brain needs and craves to, so you can feel and function at your best. Do you have any like strong preferences in terms of like plant-based, you know, versus meat eating or just kind of any general uh, recommendations? I do. I do. I, I think uh, first and foremost, whatever a patient believes is the right diet for them is the right diet for them because you know beliefs are powerful and we there's that book the biology of belief so whatever you put into your mouth if you feel like it's going to do you good then it will do you good even if it doesn't actually do you any chemical good so that's really important and move helping people move in the direction that they desire is is a, is a major principle for me but if you read the book you'll find uh that it's it's animal based. It's it's animal meat, muscle meat. It's organ meats, uh, connective tissue, which is like the collagen peptides, glycine, uh, rich foods, fermented food for uh, bacteria, fruits and vegetables for the polyphenols and flavonoids, and um, and you know beans and grains if you tolerate it, and that's kind of the diet. 
Okay. Absolutely. Well, and I know, yeah, and I know, I know that, um, you know, the, with the food and nutrition is certainly, and I, and I love the fact that you're obviously taking a very holistic approach um, with, with this. And I think it's really good for our audience uh, to, to hear this and, and, and hear from your, from your expertise. Obviously, we'd be remiss not to talk a little bit, even just for the sake of um, sharing some of our insights with you uh, as you're helping people with their mental, wellness, uh, mental health. Um, you know, people, you know, like I said earlier on with my son, we were looking uh, for basically a miracle uh, because at the time there was really no uh, science research, even uh, uh, reasonable hope to um, overcome a severe autism diagnosis. It was really cope and bear it, deal with the, give him some type of life skills and on your way you go. And uh, obviously as his father, and he was healthy at one point before he lost language and communication and uh, engaging with the world around him, I wasn't going to uh, live with that as an answer. And eventually led us to, you know, finding Dr. William Courtney, uh, who was juicing cannabis to help people with late stage cancer with tremendous results. And then, of course, the, you know, the Charlie Piggy story out of uh, Colorado, uh, which really set off the, the cannabis revolution, um, because no longer people could deny that when you took a plant and it got rid of seizures and epilepsy, that why shouldn't people have access to that at the very common? I mean, that was just black and white. And so that's when the Farm Bill of 2014 and 2018 allowed hemp to be grown just like George Washington grew uh, here in our country. And so with that, that's what we found using it as a food. Really, it is a food. And uh, there's not a lot of re uh, there's not a lot of research because actually you couldn't re you couldn't study it because up until 2018, uh, hemp and cannabis, whatever you want to call it, was considered a schedule one drug even though all the big pharmaceutical companies own all the patents and the different in the government owns patents on CBD uh, as well. So again, we do live in the system that we do live in and there are trillions of dollars at stake. Um, and obviously the conflict of interest is when we're trying to take care of people and actually have people's best interests and Hippocratic oath and to do no harm where we find ourselves in the situation where we certainly are doing harm uh, with the current uh, system that we have out there. But um, that's why we how I'm so excited that you're thinking of these holistic ways and helping educate people on not just taking a pill, a solve all, because as we all know on this call, uh, that there is no pill that is going to fix you. You are the only person that is going to fix you. And you have to make sure that you're aligning with health practitioners and educated people that have helped other people take control of their health and, and given them that responsibility. And so I, I would love, Justin, to send you, and by the way, I love your name. Uh, I would love to send you some of our products for you to try cold-pressed hemp and see for yourself how it works with you and uh, to actually have something without side effects and to have something that helps balance our endocannabinoid system, which balances the other major nine uh, systems in the body and uh, helping our own body heal itself and find that homeostasis. So there's a product that we um, make called Chillax, which actually has a little organic passion fruit uh, not passion fruit. We have passion fruit in our front yard. Uh, passion flower uh, that is uh, in, infused in with the organic cold pressed hemp and hemp seed oil. So I would love for you to try that. And uh, we actually have a place where any of you or any free anybody can try it for free at uh, freechillcbd.com, uh, and you just pay for postage. But um, I know you said you were in Oregon, and you obviously there was a revolution in Oregon. Uh, with cannabis. Have you had much uh, experience with uh, hemp CBD or what we sell is called hemp CBDA? What's been your experience up there in Oregon? Yeah, so uh, in Oregon, it's it's legal and there's 
uh, plenty of shops up and down every street you drive where I live in Bend, Oregon. And, um, you know, that you can just kind of buy it, THC included products and it's legal. So, um, yeah, I remember when I first was 10, 12 years ago in school, it was, you know, marijuana was bad and that's what I needed to tell people whether I think, you know, smoking a lot of marijuana, there's definitely THC. You can have some negative consequences from that. And I guess it could be a gateway drug. But then, you know, as I got out and started practicing, it became legal. So that was kind of a conundrum because I was supposed to tell people it was bad, but then people would tell me how good it was and it kind of seemed true. And so um, I just kind of haven't really commented on it. And then in Oregon, there are some restrictions on me recommending it as a medical provider, as a nurse practitioner. So, you know, I'm kind of more listening for, you know, I've had some patients who uh, had kids with seizures and they took the CBD oil and it was life-changing when all the meds were toxic and didn't work. And, um, you know, what I think is really interesting is that the body has an endocannabinoid system. This plant, when you look at it, you, you can even Google endocannabinoid system and check out all the images. And you, you can see, you know, an outline of the body and all the arrows of all the different places where there's receptors for cannabinoids. So what does that tell you? That tells you that it looks like this belongs in the body somehow, some way. I mean, I think there's endogenously made endocannabinoids, but um, it also comes in the plant. So really interesting kind of tuning tuning tool, uh, cannabinoids, it seems like. You know, it, it really kind of, the body's always looking for homeostasis, and it seems like with the CB1 and the CB2 receptors, there's so many products out there that you could probably share more that help tune and, and pull us away from one extreme or the other to back towards optimal health. Cause optimal health is always found in the middle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You're singing our song here. And so, um, I've been actually by a holistic healer for too long to count. And I'm also a psychologist working with mental health issues, but yeah, so I've tried everything, every natural thing, everything out in the world to try to help people. And then just finding the holistic approach to, hemp CBD, which is then the CBDA, the unheated. And so, you know, I assume you know that with THCA, that's what the plant makes and you have to heat it to get THC, which is then psychoactive. But the CBD, there's no reason to heat the hemp if you want the CBDA. And so you'd mentioned the endogenous system. So our bodies make a uh, endocannabinoid called 2-AG and it actually, many neurologists believe that the 2-AG level in your body is what's responsible for any neurological condition from MS to autism to uh, neuropathy in your foot or whatever. And then the CBDA literally is considered a mimic or an analog of the 2AG our body makes. And so it's just this amazingly perfect fit. It's the most powerful things I've found in decades of research in terms of helping the human body. So it literally goes to every cell in your body. Uh, THC tends to go to the CB1 receptor and then the uh, CBD tends to go to CB2 receptors, but the CBDA goes to every receptor and it does control homeostasis throughout the body, including all of our systems like our um, immune system. It balances levels of inflammation. It balances levels of antioxidants. And to me, the coolest thing that it does for my work in physical health and mental health is it literally can regenerate nerves that have been damaged it can repair nerves that are damaged. And if you have a systemic illness like MS or 
Parkinson's and those types of diseases. It literally helps protect from further damage. And then again, too, being the strongest anti-inflammatory by balancing your body's inflammation, it's really amazing for autoimmune, which is kind of the basis of so many things that we deal with. And then the homeostasis, like you say, it balances the serotonin levels. So if you're anxious, it brings you down to neutral. And if you're depressed, it brings you up to neutral. And so to me, this is kind of like the golden winning product or for it, all my years of research. And so we call it the miracle plant because we literally see miracles every day. And so again, too, we're, I get so excited sharing because we know that it works. And the research is out there. The research has shown that the CBDA is 10 to 100 up to 1,000 times more effective than CBD or THC. And so um, I don't care if adults use THC and, you know, if you want to have that experience or whatever. But I'm very powerfully against people who recommend um, C, uh, THC for especially children like with autism or ADHD or anything like that. And so anyway, it's a, it's a new frontier and there's more and more research about it. I think there's 20,000 articles about CBD or whatever and CBDA in the last few years. Uh, so anyway, I just say, do some research on that. Just be aware of it. And the differences between the THC, CBD, and CBDA, especially for you, you're in a position to recommend and educate. And so it's fascinating to me to add that into your large repertoire. And I can't wait to read your book and see what other insights you have. Absolutely. Well, Justin, I really appreciate you coming in. Um, as I said, I knew there was going to be an opportunity for us to align and talk and and help educate uh, each other. I know that, uh, uh, you know, obviously you're another brother on the path. He's out there helping, healing, caring about people, giving them their options. And uh, I'm just so happy that we had a chance to meet and have you on the Miracle Plant podcast. Um, any other final comments uh, or, or before we uh, before we wrap? Or the title of your book again. <laughs> sure. Yeah. The Mental Wellness Diet, Ancient Wisdom, Evolving Science, Modern Day Options. So it's, it's you know, the, the villain in the book is modern day life. And uh, so much falls under modern day life. Even this uh, tangled network of crazy laws that you guys fear are impeding people from you know, reaching their optimal health and having the freedom to do so. And you know, all the technology and the social media and just all this uh, worldly stuff, it really pulls us away from kind of like a natural state of being. And then our, our brains, our brains are so powerful and, and we can do so many things and be so organized and be so analytical. But at the end of the day, sometimes that chatter, it, it can be really destructive and anxiety producing and make us feel bad. And uh, just the scatteredness just kind of exponentiates with our, our modern day life. So that's what I see. I see a lot of people, I uh, even see it in myself, you know, just trying to do your best and getting caught up in modern day stuff. And um, we all need a break. And some of my patients have really benefited from CBD and small doses of THC and other, other forms of hemp. And then all the, all the, you know, teachings in my book to give themselves a break, just to relax, to recoup, to recharge the battery so you can come back and, and fight it again the next day. So that's what I hope for people. Uh, the book is on Amazon. Uh, the website is www.thementalwellnessdiet.com. Thementalwellnessdiet.com. I've got a few blogs. Uh, you can download the audiobook on that website. And um, you can get the book on Amazon. And then, yeah, I think uh, keep, keep up the great work. We're just trying to get everybody to their, to their optimal health. So Absolutely. That's, that's a part of it. I'm really excited about your book. Not everybody 
excites me. But I'm really excited about your book and your approach. Great. Very unique, and it sounds very, very interesting. I can't wait to read it. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Well, at the end of every Miracle Plant podcast, we say heal the world, because that is the mission, to reach a billion people by 2025 about the power of this Miracle Plant, especially in the raw form, and help people take control of their health. So everyone on stage, on the count of three, we're going to unmute our mics and say heal the world. And those of you that are listening right now, join right in, because we want to raise that vibration. We want to raise the level of consciousness to help people realize that there's more alternatives. And this isn't actually alternative health. This is the original health. The alternative health is the health that came along the last 150 years. So on the count of three, let's say heal the world, everybody, because people, they need a healing more than ever, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, you name it. We all need a little bit of help and we're here to help you. So on the count of three, let's say heal the world. One, two, three. Heal the world. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on the Miracle Plant Podcast. Be sure to join us next week. And we are here on Clubhouse, sometimes Twitter spaces. But uh, make sure you find us. You can find us also at themiracleplant.org. And everybody, be a blessing and happy healing. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.